So today is August 1st, and when you think about that, and we realize that it hasn't even been a full five months yet since coronavirus took over most people's lives and impacted and affected our jobs, our schooling and education, our church, our way of life, it hasn't even been five months yet. And it seems like every single day, if you go online, there's more and more news articles about people who have been impacted and affected by it, people who have gotten sick and been diagnosed, and people who have lost their lives from the virus. And as I was online this week, looking at various news articles and things, I ran across one article that caught my attention about a person who was impacted and affected by it. And the headline of this particular article was, Coronavirus Kills Hospital ICU Chief Who Selflessly Cared for Patients During Pandemic. And then there was a, a subline uh, which said, This is real, a medical school classmate said of Dr. Joseph Costa. This was a 56-year-old healthy man. He knew how to be careful, and he still passed away from this disease. And as I was reading this article and thinking about it, I realized that the article itself was designed to get people to click on it, and it focused on how he died, and it focused on some different factors uh, about who he was and why he shouldn't have. And it, it, it almost seemed to more focus on uh, the way that this person died. And it seems like right now when we see things in the news and we see articles about people, and even as we, even as Christians, think about the virus and think about its impact and effect on everyone's lives, we tend to get very focused on the death part of it, on the fact that this is a virus that does take people's lives from here on earth and people that we love and care about, and it impacts and affects us in some very profound ways. But I think sometimes we can get so caught up in this idea of the loss of life and its impact that it overshadows if we're not careful and draws the attention away from the most important part of uh, this sort of thing in this particular article, and that was the impact and effect of this person's life on everyone around them and the positive aspects of their life and the important things that they did and accomplished that are far more important than, than how they passed. This particular gentleman was an ICU chief who gave uh, his life every day to go in and help care for people who were sick, to make personal sacrifices in his own life, to essentially pour his life out for the lives of others in order to make a difference in their lives and try to help other people who needed it. And I think as Christians and as people in general, sometimes we do get so focused on eternity and we do get so focused on what's beyond this that we forget that it's important to remember to live and to have a life that means something and matters now before we get to eternity. And this was something that uh, the Apostle Paul understood because we know that no matter what, one day we are going to invariably pass away. It's inevitable. And the Apostle Paul knew this and understood it, and he addressed it toward the end of the second letter to Pastor Timothy, 2 Timothy, as he writes toward the end of the letter about the end of his life and about his life and why it mattered and why it's significant and why it's worth noting. He understood that though we have no choice about death, because it inevitably happens to us all, that we do have a choice about life and our lives and how we live them. 
after giving Timothy several solid reasons in chapter 4 of 2 Timothy, at the beginning of the chapter, things like the Lord's return, false teachers, those kinds of things, he gives him one final solid reason, a very great final reason for caring about how he lives. And that is that his life is, in fact, ending soon. If you can imagine receiving a letter uh, like that from a mentor, from someone who's invested so much of their life into yours to help you become who you are today, to receive a letter from them saying that they recognize that their life is about to end, you would probably hang on every word that they had to say. And that is what Paul was counting on here with Timothy as he approaches the end of his life because Paul knows that he is about to be executed for his faith. He shows both Timothy and us in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 through 8, the importance of one's choice of how they approach life, of their attitude toward life, of making the most of it, especially when death leaves us no choice about itself. So tonight, as we look at the text, we're going to see three choices that we can make regarding how we approach life, knowing that one day we all will pass away. And we're going to see these as uh, represented in verses 6, 7, and 8 of 2 Timothy chapter 4. So if you'd like to turn there, please feel free to do so or to click on it if you're looking and following along online. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 through 8. Read them with me. Paul writes to Timothy, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. And Paul tells Timothy in these three verses that though we have no choice about death, as he was facing his own, We do have a choice. We have three main choices. And the first main choice that we see here in the text that we do have is that we have a choice about whether this life matters. We have a choice about whether this life matters. We have a choice regarding whether or not we leave an impact and make a difference and make the most of the time that we have here before our earthly life ends. And Paul tells Timothy this in verse 6. He tells him that he knows that the end of his life is coming. He describes the end of his life as being poured out as a drink offering. If you can imagine, in other places in Scripture, where likened, Paul likens us unto vessels and jars of clay and, and different things in which the Holy Spirit and God is poured out of us. If you can imagine something being poured out of a jar or some kind of a vessel, he is describing his life as this, the end of his life as this, that his life is being poured out as a drink offering, an offering that he's giving to the Lord, to Jesus, in service of the Lord. He recognizes his entire life is this. It's not compartmentalized, and Paul doesn't have, you know, a part that's, you know, this this is his tent-making part, because he was bivocational, and this is a secular job. He doesn't have that. He doesn't have a family part. He doesn't have a friend part. He says that he's not compartmentalized. My entire life is being poured out as a drink offering to the Lord. He recognized that what he did here on earth in this life was significant and mattered. And even though he looked forward to seeing Jesus Christ one day, he knew that what he did now mattered. And he needed to pay attention to how he was living his life and whether or not he was giving his life to the Lord and to other people in Jesus Christ's name. 
He says, I, I'm, I'm already being poured out as a drink offering. He's speaking, he's referring back to. He didn't wait until the end of his life to decide to live for the Lord. In our particular culture, it can be easy sometimes as a Christian to go, oh, well, when I retire from my job, then I'll have more time to serve the Lord and do ministry and stuff like that when I'm not having to do all of these other responsibilities. And we think and we hope and we pray that we're just going to have some good years on the other side of our careers in order to be able to do that. But we don't have any idea when we will pass away. We'd, we could lose our lives tomorrow. And then we have to reflect on that there was uh, so much time that we could have spent for the Lord that we didn't because we were focused on what we wanted to be focused on. But Paul said, for I'm already being poured out my whole life from when I came to encounter Jesus Christ to now as I'm looking forward to my own death, my life is being poured out as a drink offering and the time of my departure has come. Paul recognized the importance of giving his life to the Lord early and living his life for the Lord in its entirety and not waiting until it seemed to be more convenient or easier or he got done the things that he wanted to do before he gave what he had left to God. And it was so important to him that he lived this way that he sought to make his life an example and a model for those who would come behind him in ministry. Because in First and Second Timothy and Titus, these were letters written to pastors where Paul shares his example of life and ministry and, and his worldview according to the scriptures and, and how he viewed his relationship with Jesus, not just as a matter of information, but as a matter of modeling and impacting and showing through his life how one can live for the Lord. So he wanted to intentionally live in such a way that others were impacted by his example and the model that he set for them and how one lives for Jesus and one, how one pours one's life out as an offering to the Lord every day. So if you really want to see, it's amazing. If you ever, they're, they're short letters. They're great to read in one setting because you get the whole idea. I want to strongly encourage you to read First and Second Timothy and Titus. Pick one, read it from beginning to end. And you'll be amazed at how much you get out of it in, in reading it that way. And those were an account of Paul and how he approached ministry and life. And he was intended for these to be a model for generations to come. And our lives should be that as well. We make the decision to live our lives for the Lord, not waiting, but making every day an offering to the Lord in service to him. And we do so in a way that it actually does impact and shape those who come behind us in future generations so that they can follow our model and our example of what it means to pour one's life out. And it's important to note as we look at this last part of verse 6 and we look at this idea about the fact that we have a choice about whether our life matters now, we, we see that Paul looks at this time in his life, the time of his departure, not as an end, because we often do that when we think about death here on earth. We think of it as some kind of an end. Paul didn't view his death here on earth as an end, but he viewed it as a transition from one life to the next. And he uses terminology that's indicative of a hoisting anchor and a ship setting sail. If you can imagine uh, taking an anchor up out of the water and the ship 
moving on toward the sunset on the horizon. That's how he viewed this, as it was simply a transition from this life to the next life. Not an end, but just another step in the journey. So he, he's, not, he's not depressed, he's not sad. Uh, he Obviously, Paul is going to miss people, and people are going to miss him, but he understood that it was just a transition from one life to the next and not an end. And we should view life that way as well. We should see that the things that we do here with our lives as we pour our life out does have an impact and it does have implications on eternity and people who would be in eternity with us in the kingdom of God in Jesus Christ. Paul understood very keenly and astutely that life matters here and that we ultimately have a choice about it. We have no choice about when we go or how we go uh, but we do have a choice about what we do before we go. And he wants us to see that, and I want all of you to see that as well. That we can't wait until later in life to give our lives to the Lord, because what we do now matters so much. And that's a choice that we have, that we can make, and that you can make. Don't wait. So Paul challenges Timothy with this. He models this by way of his own life. And he tells him that even though we have no choice about death, we have a choice about whether this life matters. And then in verse 7, he tells him and shows him by way of example that we have a choice about how we live this life. So it's not just a matter of theory, but also a matter of practice. We have a choice about how we view this life, we have a choice about how we practically live it out. And Paul gives us some really interesting and really neat imagery for those of you who are into sports and athletics and things like I am. Uh, these, are, uh, this is some, these are some of my favorite verses. Because in verse 7, he gives them some pictures to kind of illustrate how we should live each day and how Timothy should live his life as well. In verse 7, he gives them three things. He tells him, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. So we see here that Paul, when he looks at life and he looks at how to live one's life, he mentions to Timothy and tells him by way of when he says, I have fought the good fight, that we must be prepared to endure the adversity of life. We must be prepared to endure the struggles and the pain and the hardship of life. Much like when one uh, is a boxer or a wrestler, because these were popular Grecian activities and Roman activities that Paul would probably have seen, and it was much like we watch football and, and, and soccer and baseball and all the different sports today, Paul, they would have paid attention to things like wrestling and boxing and, and combat sports and those kinds of things, and he describes life and the adversity of life as one who is a boxer or a fighter or a wrestler. And having done uh, most of those things, and still currently doing some of those things, uh, let me tell you, uh, a lot of people think that, that wrestling and boxing are uh, not that difficult, but it's amazing how when you're doing those things, how that idea gets thrown out the window the first time you get punched in the face, or kicked in the body, or someone throws you on the ground. Then it becomes keenly, uh, you become keenly aware of how difficult and challenging those sports can be. And Paul likened that unto life because life sometimes is painful. Sometimes life kicks us and punches us and throws us on the ground. 
And Paul tells Timothy that we need to approach life as a boxer or a wrestler and that we need to be ready to fight because life has adversity. Now, the alternative, uh, of course, is to admit defeat. And many people do that, sadly. They may start out in their faith. They may believe that they love Jesus. They may say they want to serve him. But then life gets difficult. They don't have the, the easy life they thought they would have, that God was somehow uh, going to give them a quid pro quo, that if they said, God, I'll follow you, now you have to give me some kind of a kickback for that. And what they find is that kickback is actually literally a physical kick, and it hurts, and life is not easy. And Paul tells Timothy he needs to realize that he must approach the adversity of life as one who is in a combat sport, and to keep going and to keep fighting without just laying down and admitting defeat. We have a choice about how we live this life. And if we want to make an impact for the Lord and we want to pour our life out for Him, we have to be willing to stay in there and keep taking the shots and fighting and giving back some of our own. And then he gives us a second illustration there. It talks about the boxer and the wrestler. And then the second one uh, is the runner, which is something else I've done a lot of over the years. And uh, he likens uh, the, the running of life as a race. Now, when we think about the kind of race it is, Paul's approach to life and what he wanted Timothy to understand was he was talking about the marathon of life, the race of life being a distance run and not a sprint. And we see this sometimes in people's lives who, who want to say they want to serve the Lord and they want to follow the Lord, but then again, it, it, they find out it's an entire life thing. And there's this thing... Uh, in Christian circles called uh, camp decisions, where you have an event or a spiritual thing that occurs in your life and you're on fire for God and then regular life happens again and that goes away. And Paul says he wants Timothy to realize that life is a race, but it's a long one. It's a steady one. It's one you have to keep going each and every single day. And you've got to keep running, even when it feels like it would be easier to quit and just start walking or just stop running altogether. He says, I have finished the race. I fought the good fight. I finished the race. At the end of my life, I can look back on my life knowing that I didn't give up. I didn't quit. I didn't throw it in. I merely kept going one foot in front of the other each step of the way. And then the final illustration that he gives him there uh, is one of a faithful steward, one who has been given a task or an assignment to complete, something to take care of and hold on to and not lose. And we see that when he says, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. He says this because he's talking about holding on to the charge or the, the assignment that he's been given from God to hold on to the gospel, his faith, his belief and trust in the Lord, in God, to carry him through all of the things that he would face. And Paul, if you look at the scriptures, had ample reason to give up and no longer follow the Lord by way of persecutions and beatings and shipwrecks and so many times that he could have died and it would have just been easier to go, you know what, I'm going to make tents full time. It'd just be easier. But Paul said, no, I'm going to continue with the trust that I've been given by God, the gospel. I'm going to continue to share that. I'm going to continue to pour my life out for the Lord and service to him no matter how difficult it is. And as Paul re reflected on his life and he reflected on the life of the fighter and the runner, 
and, and the keeper, he said, my life was this. I poured my life out for the Lord as a drink offering, and here is the example of how. And he wanted Timothy, in some of Paul's last words, to realize that and to take up this charge as well. And he gives him a charge to do the same. That's a charge I give to you tonight. He says, even though we have no choice about death, we have a choice about whether or not this life matters before we pass away, and we have a choice about how we live this life. We don't have to be a victim of our circumstances. We don't have to let them determine whether we follow the Lord. We have to keep fighting. We have to keep running. We have to keep keeping the faith as we go. And then in verse 8, so the journey that Paul takes Timothy on here, which is undoubtedly an emotional one, imagine reading these words from your mentor as he's getting ready to face his own death. He says, my life is poured out as an offering. Here is what I did and how I live my life. And here is what I have to look forward to as a result. Verse 8. He says, henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. So Paul says, look, Timothy, it's worth it. It's worth it to pour your life out. It's worth it to fight and to run and to keep. And if you do, here is what you have to look forward to when eternity does come. He gives him this picture or this image of one who is standing on a podium, much like an Olympic podium with the different places. But the image is that uh, he is standing in the number one first place spot because he's receiving a crown or a laurel, a, a wreath, if you will, of, uh, of ivy. And it's, this is a victory crown. It's one uh, that recognizes that he has won. He had, he's accomplished what he was charged to do. It's the victor's crown. And we have to realize, much like Paul wanted Timothy to realize, that that is something that we can look forward to. That it matters what we do here in life. It matters how we live. Because one day we find, and here's the last choice that we have, we have a choice about whether we receive a reward beyond this life. There is something beyond this life for us that is more than than just eternity with God, that would be awesome enough. That would be great enough just to be in the presence of Jesus and to live with him forever. But there is actually a reward waiting. We don't know exactly what kind, but we do know that God will recognize our efforts and, and the things that we do for him and the, giving our life, and we will receive this recognition. There's honor in that, an honor that transcends any honor we could receive from any person here on earth. We have the, the victor's crown waiting for a life that has lived well. And we see probably the most profound thing in Paul's life is that knowing this and understanding this and believing this impacted and affected his everyday life and his attitude toward it. So much like other places in the letters to Timothy where Paul encourages Timothy not to get involved as a good soldier, not to get involved in the, in the problems of civilians and things, but to count oneself as a good soldier fighting the good fight, Paul wants him to recognize uh, that he can have an attitude that is in service to the Lord here 
and it keeps everything in perspective so he doesn't get bogged down by all the day-to-day -day stuff that Satan wants to use to distract him and get him off course. He doesn't have to get bogged down by all that and distracted by all that. He can keep his focus on remembering that how he lives here and his attitude toward it impacts eternity and it impacts others for eternity. It should impact our attitude every day to know that there is something that we have to look forward to beyond this life. But it should impact it in a way that this life is given in service to him. Not as though we go, well, I'm just looking forward to that and I'm just trying to survive and get through. No, we have to fight. We have to run. We have to keep the faith. And with that attitude, then, we know that we have something to look forward to. And something else Paul says here, my final encouragement to you as we look at God's word and understand what he's saying to us through it, my final encouragement is this. Paul makes it a point to note this at the end of verse 8 when he's talking to Timothy, interestingly so. He says, the righteous judge will award to me on that day. And he could have ended it right there. In fact, something interesting about this passage that makes it one of my favorite from the Paul wrote Paul's typically in a lot of places a verbose guy. He's known for his run-on sentences that are several verses without punctuation. But here, in three, these three verses, Paul is very short, he's very succinct, he's very to the point. So anything extra in this section should make us go, what's going on there? Well, look at this. He says, the righteous judge will award to me on that day. And he could have stopped right there, but he doesn't. He says this to Timothy. And not only to me but also to all who have loved his appearing. Who's that? Well, that's us. That's Timothy. That's everybody who came behind him. That's everybody who has known and loved the Lord and lived for him uh, from then all the way down to us and beyond. He's telling us that we all can have access to that victor's crown. We all can receive that recognition from God for a life that is poured out in service to him, a life that fights and runs and keeps. And what we see there is that we can't look at Paul and go, I have to do everything that Paul did in order to be considered a champion by God. Because Paul wants us to know that's not the case. God has an individual race and an individual fight and an individual job and charge for each of us. And it won't be like Paul's we most likely won't write biblical epistles. Maybe some of us will plant churches, but probably not most. And maybe some of us will spend time in prison for our faith, but probably not most here in this country. But no matter what, we don't have to do what Paul did in order to receive that honor and that glory and that recognition from God and from Jesus Christ. We just have to be faithful. We just have to faithfully choose to make the most of this life, to give it as a drink offering, to model for future generations what it means to fight, what it means to run, and what it means to keep the faith. And then we too, like Paul, can look forward to the reward one day and the honor and recognition and the victor's crown that comes from a faithful life of service to the Lord. We don't have any choice about death. It's inevitable. But we do have a choice about life and how we live it. So what do we learn from this text? What are our takeaways? What do we see from 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 through 8? Well, this is what we do with it. And it's about choice. 
because that's this whole message is about choice and choosing life. In order to apply this text first, you must choose to pour your life out for the Lord. You need to recognize that if you're a Christian, if you know Christ as your Savior and you claim to be a believer, that you are a vessel for the Lord's use and you must choose to be poured out for Him. And that's a commitment that you can make tonight. In a few moments, we're going to have another song, and during that, I want to encourage you to talk to the Lord and give your life to Him. And if you haven't ever done that, if you've never asked Jesus Christ to be your Savior and have a relationship with Him and trust Him by faith and give your life to Him, you can do that too. Please do that. It's the most important choice you'll ever make. But during that time, during that song, make that choice, make that commitment to the Lord. Choose to pour your life out for the Lord tonight. The second is this. Choose to hold on to your faith even when life is beating you up and wearing you out. Choose to keep the faith even when you feel like you're getting hit from all sides and even when you just want to quit and stop. Pray to the Lord for strength. You can do that during the final song as well. Pray to the Lord for strength each and every day, knowing that He will give it to you for that day. It's very interesting in the Lord's Prayer that we're called to ask for our daily bread. Well, God, He kind of gives strength out that way too. He gives us strength for the day. And you can call out to God and you can ask Him for that to live out your faith for that day. Choose to hold on to your faith even when life is beating you down and wearing you out. Here's the last choice that you can make tonight from the text that we just looked at. Choose to set your mind on what's in store for, your for you in eternity. Choose to set your mind on what you have to look forward to when you know Christ. But then let that impact your life now. Don't make church and Christianity a weekend thing or something that you're going to shelf until you retire. But make today and every day matter. And make let what you have to look forward to in eternity, the, the potential and possibility of the victor's crown, let that impact and affect your attitude every day. Henceforth, like Paul said, each day do something to pour your life out for the Lord each day, every day so that others can see that this is an eternal attitude that makes a difference now. Choose to live. Father God, thank you so much for this passage that you left through the Apostle Paul to Timothy and the way that it matters and impacts and affects our faith now. Lord, tonight I pray for all those who are watching and listening that they would make the choice when they're watching and listening to pour their lives out for you, Lord. That if they don't know you personally, that they will make that choice to call out to you, Jesus, and ask you to be their Lord and Savior and that they will make that commitment to let their life be poured out for you, Lord. And God, I pray for those that need strength tonight that need to call out to you for strength because life is a fight or it's it's wearing you out or exhausting them. Lord, I, I pray that you would give them that strength for today. And Lord, I pray for those that 
are struggling and that know they have eternity to look forward to. But Lord, I, I pray that they would humble themselves before you and ask you to let that impact and affect their attitude today so that others can see it. Lord, I pray that as believers we would all choose to make our life matter now and that that would be our focus, knowing what we have to look forward to in eternity. And it's in Jesus Christ's name that we pray tonight, who is our Lord and Savior and we love. Amen.